All right, this is going to be the third podcast for promoting Tap Into Mindfulness. We'll need to come up with a good title for it, like Parenting to Raise Mindful Children or something like that. So give it some thought and, um, you know, it needs to have an, a, an attractive, appealing title. And let me know if you want input. Also, I've got a cold. So if, this, if my voice doesn't sound good, let me know if you need me to re-record this once I'm over this cold. Okay, here we go. Over the years, through technology for mindfulness and as a teacher, a martial artist, and a technology developer, I've helped countless people learn how to become aware of and confront and ultimately win their personal wars with technology. We've worked with people from all walks of life and from professionals to college students. The one group that I found having the most difficulty with technology is parents. Parents are in a particularly tricky position when it comes to dealing with technology. They have all of the individual struggles as adults in a technology-driven world. Oh, my phone is... <laughs> I need to turn my phone on Do Not Disturb because it's beeping at me. Someone's calling in. Let me turn it on Do Not Disturb now. They have all the individual struggles as adults in a technology-driven world. One more time. They have all of the individual struggles as adults in a technology-driven world. The constant distractions at work and at home and the incessant feeling of needing to be on at all times. And it creates an ever-increasing dependence on their smartphones to manage their lives. And at the very moment they're dealing with their own obstacles to managing their tech in a healthy way, they look up from their phone and see their children mindlessly scrolling through social media or glued to their tablet, watching who knows what on YouTube. And so parents often feel doubly responsible, like they're fighting their war on multiple fronts simultaneously. On the one hand, parents tell me that they're really concerned. They're wondering and worried about what the effects of so much screen time will have on their children over time. Uh, they're concerned about their children's social skills and possibly the lack thereof, and they're fearful about the unknown dangers lurking online. On the other hand, they can't imagine life without technology, and to be honest, they don't necessarily want to. And besides, in truth, tech plays a major role in their own lives, and it's, and it's increasingly embedded into their children's world as well. Teachers are using Google Classroom for assignments. Their schoolwork is all done on tablets. The internet is a key research tool. Emails used for communicating. All their friends online. I'm sorry. All their friends are online. And social media is often their only social interaction. So parents get that technology is here to stay. And ultimately, they're okay with that. The problem, however, is not knowing how to use technology in a way that's healthy rather than destructive or disruptive or toxic. Specifically, what they're asking is for how to allow their kids to enjoy technology and get all the benefits of it without letting it consume them. How can they encourage healthy behaviors in their children? How can they instill boundaries? And at the end of the day, what I hear from parents is the same thing all parents have wanted for their children throughout the ages, which is to raise healthy, well-adjusted kids 
who will grow into healthy, successful, happy adults. And in order to do that in our modern world, it means that we need to understand how to take control of technology instead of letting it be in control of them. The questions sound simple enough, but you'd be surprised to know how many parents simply don't know where to start. I just moved my chair, so let me do that again. The, the questions sound simple enough, but you'd be surprised to know how many parents simply don't know where to start. In theory, the idea of balance sounds great, but how to get there seems impossible. They see just the opposite ends of the spectrum often. Take the phones and tablets, cut them off, cut them off from Wi-Fi. Or on the other end, just let their kids use tech like every other kid. Cross their fingers and just hope for the best. And they don't see a middle ground. So what I teach is the how. How to get there to that healthy middle ground. And what I've learned through my own personal experiences, uh, my training as a martial artist in my daily life using technology really regularly, is that it's not about removing technology or even managing your kids' screens. You see, I've come to a... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Let's get some water. This is the cold. All right. You see, I've come to agree and really accept that tech has a use and a place in our world. But if we're not aware of how we're using it, why we're interacting with it the way we are, that's when it starts to control us. So again, the answer isn't necessarily limiting screen time, although that can be a part of it. It's managing how and why the devices are used. And that's where mindfulness comes into play. While it may seem like an unrelated concept, at its core, mindfulness is simply about becoming aware of your own behaviors, your thoughts, and your habits in the moment and without judgment. And as you become more aware of yourself and your moment-to-moment experience, you can start to make more informed decisions about how to act. And I learned this really well in my martial arts training, which is that you can train yourself, your mind and your body, to act differently. And as you pass on, no, sorry, let me repeat that sentence. And you can pass on that wisdom, that embodied knowledge and skill to your children, whether by example, through your own actions, or through explanation, or both. So here's an example between you and me. Take a moment and think about how you've witnessed your children use and interact with technology. Try to remove the judgment and simply recall your observation. <clears throat> Sorry. Try to remove all of your judgment and just try to recall your observations. Chances are you'll see that a lot of your kids' behavior is reactive. Uh, they'll get a YouTube notification and suddenly they've, they're lost on their phone for hours or they get an alert from Instagram and they'll just abruptly stop mid-conversation with you to text their friends. You know, that familiar ping has become almost like a remote control directing your child's behavior with every notification. 
And as you look back, you can probably agree that eventually their behavior moved from reactive to habitual. So over time, it became not just about responding to notifications, but evolved into a subconscious and unaware constant attachment to their phones and game devices and and other devices. The phone would come to the dinner table, into the bathroom, to a family meeting, into the car, to the grocery store, you know, everywhere. And you'd notice your kids absentmindedly picking up and just mindlessly scrolling when they're bored or have a moment of quiet or even right in the middle of a conversation. And, you know, I bet you it often seems as if they don't notice or even have a true purpose for picking up and checking their phones. So what usually happens for you when you notice your kids engaging in that behavior? You know, you might move into a reactive state yourself. So maybe when you hear a notification on your kid's phone, you might react and tell them, hey, don't pick that phone up. Or you find yourself saying, (coughs) sorry, (coughs) (coughs) Or you find yourself saying, put your phone away or leave that phone in the house or the car when you see them reaching for it. So although you might be doing something that's well-intentioned, and I'm not saying these are necessarily wrong, you are reacting to their behavior and then they in turn start reacting to you. And you might find, and maybe this is what you found in your own experience, that you become the villain because you're not just fighting your child, you're fighting their habit that they aren't even aware of. So I'd suggest that if you want to see some real change and improvement in your child's relationship with technology, you have to first help them to become aware of their behaviors, just as you are. And you may need to develop some further awareness of your own behavior, too, in order to help them. They're going to need to learn to recognize their own behaviors and take stock of their own interactions with technology. And this usually isn't accomplished well when emotions are high and everyone is reacting to each other's actions. It's usually done most effectively in those calm, in-between moments. It's in these moments that you have the power to help your child develop self-awareness. You have the opportunity not just to restrict and make demands, but to open a dialogue to care and teach the principles so that they're able to develop their own ability to act on their own. And in doing so, you're providing more than just behavior change. You're setting the foundation for success throughout their lives, which isn't that what you're looking for, for them to be able to live happy, independent lives without you always looking over their shoulder. So at its core, mindfulness is and can become a source of real power. Those who practice it have a unique advantage because it provides a kind of self-awareness of our habits instead of merely acting on them. And although it's true that you can never force someone else to become more mindful, as a parent, You're in a unique position to help guide your children to a place where they can become consciously aware of how they're using technology, 
which is the first step towards changing habits. Okay, I'm just going to pause and look at the next sentence of the script to see if I want to use it. Okay, I'm going to skip the next sentence. I'll pick up again. If you were to take a moment and think about the way that you use and interact with technology and the way you've witnessed your children do the same, you'd probably notice that most of it's reactive. You get a notification for a work email and you immediately pick up your phone. Your child gets a DM from a friend on Instagram. They pick up their phone. You know, subtly and oftentimes not so subtly, People, we, we all can become a puppet to our device's demands. And if you watch your own behavior and your children's behavior long enough, you'll eventually notice that behavior can move from a reactive state to a habitual one. <clears throat> Sorry, this is uh, all repeating what came before. <laughs> so let's cut out... <clears throat> Let's okay, where it says how they are using technology, which is the first step to change, and then I pause to see what I was gonna say next. So let's cut everything after that. If you were to take a moment and think and blah blah blah, because it this is all seems repetitive of what I said before. So cut all of that stuff. Hope that makes sense. Uh, pick up here. So if you want to take control of your technology and you want your kids to have boundaries and you want to reap the benefits that technology can provide, it starts with taking a really hard look at how you use technology. You have to be real and honest with yourself so that you can train your mind and body to perform differently. That's how you begin to set a better example for your children and help them develop their own awareness as well. And then once your children begin to change their behaviors, your family as a whole will begin to realize and feel the change for the better. Parents tell me that when they engage in this, they feel like they have their children back, that they see healthier technology use in the family, and most importantly, they see an experience, increasing moments of connection where they and their children are more focused and more present with each other. And the best part of all is that mindfulness has a trickle effect. As you encourage and guide and help your children to become more mindful of their technology use, that can help you to become more aware of your own. And it becomes a goal that you're not just pursuing for your children, but that you're all working on together as a family. And parents have shared that feeling of joy that comes along with family meals together and pockets of time without screens. Can you believe that? And they found a new sense of security that they've provided to their children with the tools to manage their own screens and behaviors. So when it comes down to it, love it or hate it, technology's here to stay. We have to coexist with it. And beyond that, I suggest we really should be focusing on using it to our advantage so that it can act in service of ourselves, our own goals, and our own lives. We're not seeking a world without technology. Instead, we're determined to create a world in which we can use technology mindfully. My own work is centered on helping parents bring that awareness and mindfulness to their families through sharing exercises and practical 
tactics. I aim to give both parents and their children a way to hold their technology use up to the light, examine where they can improve, and make a plan of action to change for the better. So I'd like to ask for your help. After more than 50 episodes of this Technology for Mindfulness podcast, we're going to be launching a new product. But we want to make sure we give our listeners the best possible value. So if you go to askmindful.com, we have a short questionnaire that you can fill out to help us build the best product possible for you. And this is going to be a product to help parents become more mindful and to help them guide their children to be more mindful in the use of technology. And when you answer this questionnaire, you'll get a free guided meditation exercise to help you stay focused and avoid distractions when using your smartphone. So just go to askmindful.com now and thanks so much in advance. That's askmindful.com and I'll see you next time on the Technology for Mindfulness podcast.